I'm not touching that one. <laughs> this time, we're going to just pause. We have some that's ready for the right hand of fellowship. Tanya Beard, come on down, please. Come on down front. Uh, Mr. Clark, come on down. Rashawn Clark, come on down. Ramona Jones, come on down. And Malayleen Stewart, come on down. All of you, come on down. And while they are coming, we're going to ask all of our new members, if you're, just, if you're here for the first time or for the tenth time and still not a member of this congregation, we're going to ask all of our visitors this time, if you would, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up, visitors. I don't believe it. Stand up, visitors. Well, I tell you what, we're going to sing for you anyway. Okay, God bless you. Just remain standing. We're going to give you something. You're going to get here, Kate. Have a missed that baptism. Go.
bless you. God bless you. Well, it's offering time. We remind you that there's one offering in our 8 o'clock service. We ask you to prepare your offerings, your tithes, your gifts as we give unto the Lord liberally and cheerfully. Live stream audience, we welcome you back. I want to remind you that you can worship with us also through your giving with the number that's on the, your screen right now. If you text to that number, you can participate in the worship experience now. The voices, the ushers are coming. The voices are coming with our selection. God bless you. That is a vehicle outside, um, tag number RGK984. That's a Jeep Compass. So we asked you, in Rankin County, somebody, you have somebody blocked in, if you would. If you're driving a Jeep, please check it out. I have shown you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Oh, oh. 
Oh, heavenly and gracious Father, God Almighty, we come, we praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord, for you, the giver of all things. You're the giver of health, strength, and you've given us this new day. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts you've given us that we are sharing in this service this morning, Lord. We pray your blessing upon them that you might multiply. And the Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, that you just bless the givers fourfold. In your son Jesus' name, we ask it and pray. Amen. I, I love the golden age of basketball. Um, now, now what's golden for some might not be golden for others. <laughs> but, but my favorite era of basketball was was when Jordan was playing. Y'all remember when Jordan and the Bulls and Jordan, Jordan had Jordan could dish it off to Pippen or or Grant. You had you had B.J. Armstrong at the point. You you had you had what was that white boy? Uh, Pax Kerr. I mean they they would. I mean now now Jordan was the was the he was the man, but he had a team. I'm going somewhere. He had a team that helped him to get to where he was going. Be, because listen, I believe this. Can't no one person do it by themselves. Somebody needs to learn that lesson right now. You might be good, but if you're going to get to where you're trying to get to, you got to learn how to work with other folk. Now, the doctor told me I can't preach this morning. I feel like it, but I'm going to try to be a good patient and do what the doctor said. The doctor said, don't preach, but, but I got a Pippin, and I got a Kerr, and I got an Armstrong, and any one of these others you want to name them, amen. I got somebody I can dish it off to. And this morning, we dishing it off to Reverend Powell. Amen. Amen, amen. So I want you to be in prayer for him. As he brings the word of God, the voices are coming now for our final selection. Reverend Powell will bring the word of God this morning. God bless you. In this troubled time, we're faced with challenges like not no time before. We work hard to find solutions to those challenges. But if we look to the hills, no one but God who is good and perfect, can come to our need. Luke 18 and 19 says, And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. The choir ministers, Lord, you are good.
I know he's been good to you. You might as well give him praise in here. Oh, you've been, been so good. Oh, you ought to tell him thank you. Ought to tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. to me say you can stand and say God has been good to you see right there we should have had the whole house standing 
You see, because the fact that you're here this morning should tell you how good has God has been to you. Yeah, there's, there's some things that some of you have gone through more than others, but he's still been good. No matter what you've gone through, no matter the distance, he's still been good. Amen. Amen. He's been good. I can testify to that fact. I look back on where he brought me from. When people found out that I accepted my call to ministry, they said, who? You know those kind of people. Those people that knew you back then and not believing that you could change. But thanks be to God, he delivered me. And if you were to be honest this morning, he delivered you too. Let us say thank you, Lord, together. Amen. To Pastor Buckley in his presence this morning, Pastor Emeritus in his absence, to my brothers and sister in the gospel, good morning, Kay Chapel. This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the to First Peter, the fourth chapter. Verses 12 and 13. 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, verses 12 and 13. And in it you will find these words recorded. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'd like to speak to you briefly from the subject, a test of faith when life happens. A test of faith when life happens. In the last few years, it has, been, it has become apparent to me that we aren't always aware that we live in a physical as well as a spiritual world. With our lives being controlled by our daily objectives, our daily goals, deadlines, we've become so immersed in our daily lives to the point where all we can see is this physical world we live in. With the outbreak of wildfires destroying property and leaving behind ashes on the west coast, hurricanes that brought high winds and rain leaving behind flooded areas on the east coast, an earthquake in Indonesia 
that sent a wall of water that consumed almost everything in its path. One would have to surmise this is only a test of faith when life happens. You may not ever have been in the place where some of these people that have experienced the previous mentioned natural disasters. It takes a lot of faith to continue when wildfires burn up everything you own. It takes a lot of faith to continue when waters come and floods everything you own. It takes a lot of faith to continue when an earthquake sends a wall of water that washes away everything you own. Your past is gone. Your present, uncertain, and your future unknown. You stand wondering how new life can rise from the ashes of your past. How can you keep from drowning in your present? And how can you rebuild your life when your past has been washed away? It has been said that God sometimes tests our faith by allowing bad things to happen to us. It has also been said that the bad things that happen to us is a direct result of our sins. Whichever the case may be, nothing happens unless God allows it. You see, if you believe that God is all-seeing, all-knowing, and in other words, you believe God has all power, then you would have to conclude that nothing gets past God without him knowing. So if you're really wondering if God tests our faith, the answer for me, now get what I said, the answer for me is no. God does not test our faith, but he allows our faith to be tested every now and then. You see, the evidence of such a test is found in Job, the first chapter, verses 6 through 12. And it gives us some insight as to how the testing process takes place. Now, I will be reading this from the New American Standard Bible. And I want you to listen how this plays out. Verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But put forth your hand now and touch all that he has. He will surely curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is, your, is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. Now here on this day, when all the angels came to present themselves to God, 
Notice that God didn't ask another angel where they had been. He only asked Satan. Even though he already knew where Satan had been, he asked Satan anyway. After Satan answered, we see God offering his servant, Job. God then gives Satan permission to touch Job's life. In other words, there is nothing that will happen to you or in your life that God does not allow. Even Satan can't touch you unless God gives him permission to do so. But now keep in mind that God allowing Satan to touch your life is not to hurt you or to harm you, but is, for to, but is to make you know your own heart. Not one of you here today, not one of you, before you got the bad diagnosis, before you lost your job, before the loss of a loved one, not one of you knew how strong you were. Before trouble came your way, you had no idea of just how much you could endure. A weak faith can go unnoticed if it is not tested. You see, as long as things are going smoothly in your life, you can't tell weak faith from strong faith. It is only when we have been tested that we know how strong we really are. A weak faith is shallow and not deep enough that we can navigate the unfamiliar channels of life. A weak faith will be revealed for what it really is when the hard times come. Even Jesus said to one of his disciples, Simon Peter, in Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 31 to 32. And this is taken from the Good News translation because I want to make sure everybody understands this. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has received permission to test all of you, to separate the good from the bad as a farmer separates the wheat from the chaff. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And when you turn back to me, you must strengthen your brothers. Now, some may ask why God allows us to be tested when he is all-knowing. God doesn't allow us to be tested because he doesn't know how strong we are. Instead, he allows us to be tested because we don't know how strong we are. We don't know just how much we can handle when the hard times come. Psalm 139.23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. That's not a, there's not a person here that likes being tested. None of us want to go through the hard times, finding out that you have cancer and then having to go through cancer treatments with the uncertainty of life that looms ahead of you. The loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, or even a friend that turned against you, that person that you gave your heart to expecting to marry, gave the ring, put it on the finger only to find out later that they had changed their mind and wanted someone else. Friends, hardships like illness, death, lost jobs, family problems, and persecution can be fiery trials that test our faith. How we behave under the heat and pressure of our trials determines our faith. In order to build the type of faith that is acceptable to God, we must be tested and tried. 
The Apostle Paul told the Christians in Corinth in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 12 through 13. He said, now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's worth work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. The foundation being described here is one's character. But I'm going to, for this morning, I'm going to liken your character to your faith and the materials Paul's mentions. All the materials have qualities ranging from the strongest to the weakest. You see, strong faith like gold can be tried, but it will remain pure and intact. Weak faith, however, like straw, will not stand up to the heat. The hotter the heat, straw will ignite and burn up. If you are out in the woods, and, and you people that are outdoorsmen, if you're out in the woods and want to build a fire, the first thing you look for to start a fire with is straw. Is straw. It is the weakest. But trials test the strength of our faith. In many ways, the Lord assists us in taking spiritual inventory by bringing trials into our lives to demonstrate to us the strength or weakness of our faith. A person who becomes resentful, becomes bitter and self-pitying when troubles come plainly exposes that he or her faith, his or her faith is weak. On the other hand, a person who turns more and more to the Lord as troubles get worse and asks for his help in carrying the burden just as plainly demonstrates that his or her faith is strong. Trials are given to humble us to remind us not to let our trust in the Lord turn into presumption and spiritual self-satisfaction. The greater our blessings, the more Satan will tempt us to look on them as our own accomplishments rather than the Lord's or as our rightful due and to become proud rather than humble. Paul testifies because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. For this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting, my, exalting myself. That's found in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter in the 7th verse. But you see, God allows us to suffer trials in order to wean us from our dependence on worldly things. The more we accumulate material possessions and worldly knowledge, experience, and recognition, the more we are tempted to rely on them instead of the Lord. These things can include education. It can include work, success, important people we know, honors we have been given over the years, and many other types of worldly benefits that often are not wrong in themselves, but can easily become the focus of our concern and basis for our, of our trust. Now, the first thing you need to know from this is life doesn't always go as planned. Life doesn't always go as planned. It is only after we've been hurt 
that we realize that letting go of pain serves as a reminder that life does not always go according to plan. Even your best intentions often will not develop as you hope. Now take a moment to reflect on, on, on a situation which failed in your life in the, in the last few years. It, it may not turn out as you have expected. Imagine the details as best you can. There may have been an expected outcome you were wishing for. Perhaps you witnessed your well-laid-out plans crumble before your very eyes. The thing you are to take away from this is that you have the final say in life's unfolding of events. In many ways, suffering is provoked by the assumption you have complete control over your own life. And that carries me to my second point, which is God is in control even when it doesn't seem as if he is. God is still in control. Eve, events never spiral out of God's control as if he somehow lacks the power or insight to direct the affairs of this little planet. That is why the Apostle Paul, a man who knew intimately the pain of a sinful world, could tell the, the ancient the ancient people of Athens, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. From one man he made every nation of men that we should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him through though he is not far from each one of us we may not fully understand how this can be when we face painful tragedies but our lack of understanding does not diminish or destroy its truth before we were born God knew exactly how long we would live and how we would die you see, the psalmist said to God in Psalm 139, 16, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. The third thing you're to know, you need to know what faith looks like. We need to know what faith looks like. And for me, the face of faith is having a never quit attitude and always looking to the Lord for guidance until you see the end result. If you give up at the first sign of difficulty or when you, your prayers are not answered the way you think they should have been, you are exercising weak faith. My advice to you is hang in there and wait on God to provide what you need. He is a good father who knows exactly what you need. The good news is that you don't have to have great faith in order to see a miracle in your life. You only have to have the faith the size of a mustard seed. So continue to press on, continue to by believing God for great things in your life. Never give up and never lose hope. I'm reminded of a passage of scripture as found in Matthew 9, verses 18 through 29, which to me 
demonstrates a test of faith when life happens. Starting with verse 18. While he spake all things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into the land, all through the land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of God, of son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yeah, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith be it done unto you. The ruler's faith was tested by the death of his daughter. The woman with the issue of blood, her faith was tested by the fact that she had been dealing with this issue of blood for 12 years. The two blind men, their faith was tested when the lo with the loss of their sight. In each case, life happened. In each case, neither of them had any control over their situation. Even though they had no control over their situation, they did, however, have the final say. They turned to Jesus. So on this morning, I want you to think of something. Whatever your need is right now, whatever it would take to save your marriage, to deliver your child from drugs, whatever it would have to, whatever it would take to complete your healing, whatever your situation is right now, if God said to you right here, right now, according to your faith, let it be done. How much would you receive? If it was measured according to your faith. How much would you receive? Do you have strong faith or weak faith? But you do need that kind of faith when life just happens. Let us pray.
Father God, we come now thanking you for this day. We thank you, O Lord, for the opportunity to come before you. To bring your word to your people. Not as I would have it, O Lord, but as you would have it done. Lord, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, O Lord, because you have been so good to me. I can't speak for anyone else, but you have been good to me, Lord. And I just want to say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we're going to open the doors of the church. If you're in that place where you've been questioning your own faith, you're at a place where you're unsure, where you're in a place this morning, where you can be led and directed to where your faith will be stronger. Faith is something that takes time to build. It takes time to grow. It doesn't happen overnight. And if there's one of you here this morning say, preacher, I'm trying to get right. Well, I got news for you. You can't do it by yourself. But I know somebody that can. And his name is Jesus. So if you will, you may come as a candidate for baptism. You may come by Christian experience. We're here waiting. And if there's anyone in here this morning that, that feels shy about coming down front, just raise your hand. We'll come get you. I'll even come walk with you. Because if only you knew my story, if you knew where God has brought me from, you will find that once you make that choice, you decide to make Jesus turn your life over to him, make him your life, you will know a peace. You will know a love that you've never known before. Won't you come? Keep fasting. Keep praying. Knowing you can always count on him for sure. That's what faith is for in good times, in bad times.
Brothers and sisters, we have Brother Simmons wants to make a statement, and he's also coming for prayer. If you gotta tell something, you gotta tell a story. Tell the whole story. I didn't tell y'all the whole story earlier. I told y'all my testimony, but I have stage four cancer. The doctor told me, concerning my lungs, they can't cut no more. They have to come up with something else. But what I did not trying to give the pastor another job. But I believe in what the Bible says. All right, all right, all right. The Bible says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church. Yeah, yeah. Anoint your head with oil yeah. and pray over you. Yeah. Now, Brother Wright, Reverend Wright, Reverend Redmond, pastor, came over there. But before they done it, did that, this the this is spiritual me now, not the physical me. Look look beyond the physical the, the physical me. Before they done that, I said, Pastor, I want you to I'm not praying for a healing. I'm praying that when I descend from this world, that my soul will have a resting place. We so stuck on being healed. But if you're saved, he already said, by his stripes, we are healed. So we don't need to ask for that. So for whoever 
that's going through a situation. Anything. Again, I can say, it's not how strong I am, my strength. It's what's my faith. That keeps me continuously with a smile. Because that's who I am anyway. I tell people it's the same that y'all don't see. It's black as I am and all just light around me. Sister, Mos Sister Mosley also wanted to make a statement. Good morning or afternoon. Um, thank you, Lord. First, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy to talk in public for me, and, and they give you only a short time. And so, but I just, I've been trying to get it all together just to tell you all that, you know, if it looked a little weird at first, it's because by the time I graduated from high school in 81, I had this idea that I could do it. I really did. I mean, I, was, I could get a job, I could get married, and it was going to be cool. By the time we get to 20 years later, no church, don't know the songs. I'm sitting in jail, and I don't know the songs. The only song I know, and they want to, if for some odd reason, these women want to, they concluded that I was going to be the one that they were going to sit and pray with, and, and they had been there, and, and the only song I knew was this little light of mine. I made up my mind when, with, with, and it really did make me pray. And God sealed the record and he said, if you, if, as long as you don't do it again, the record stays sealed. If it wasn't for you all, I didn't know by the time I did get back in the church, I had to learn what to wear. had to learn what it's supposed to look like. But I couldn't have done this. I couldn't have done this yes, yes. if Mary Coleman hadn't been right there when she was there and called my name and that's called me faith, home. That's what friends and faith. That's, that's friends and faith. That's what brothers and Amen. sisters that's are faith for. And friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bless it, bless it. Friends and faith, yeah. They all are coming for prayer. Lord God, we thank you for these testimonies. Father God, we thank you that we have proof and evidence right here, right now, that you are still an amazing God. That you sit high, but you look low, and you have not forgotten about us. We try now to reassure these who have come to keep on looking to the hills from whence our help cometh. Don't let the devil override. He's busy, but we know, Father God, that you are all-powerful, and that there is nothing that can surpass your power. Lord, we thank you for their faith. We now ask that you will increase their faith. We don't know all of the things that are happening in their lives, but Lord God, we know that you know. 
And whatever the situations may be, Lord, we ask that you will intervene and that you will rebuke the devil, Lord, and that you will give them the strength to know that you love them and that your mercy and your grace endureth forever. Lord God, we thank you now. We ask that you will answer the needs and the prayers of each of these, your servants, and I, your servant as well. And we ask that you will accept this prayer in the name of Jesus, who is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. 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 Let the church say amen. Listen, we want to remind you, 6 o'clock a.m. tomorrow morning, be on the prayer line because we have 11 days left in our 28 days, days of prayer and fasting. Amen. 11 days left. Won't you stand to your feet? And in those 11 days, we want you to keep fasting. We want you to keep praying. Amen. Amen. Because that's what faith is for. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Keep fasting. Keep praying. Knowing you can always count on him for sure. For sure. That's what faith. That's what faith is. In good times. In good times. And bad times. He'll be on your side. He'll be by your side forevermore. That's what faith is for. That's what faith. Thank you, O oh God, for the measure of faith that you have given to each of us. Thank you, Lord, that when life happens, we can lean on you. When life happens, we can depend on you. When life happens, we can trust that you will be by our side. And now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.